Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. <sighs> we did it! I still can't believe we got this project done so fast and so well. When I'm in New York. I'm in Chicago. And I'm in L.A. But we're making it happen in Miro. Together. Our best work just happens faster on Miro's collaborative online whiteboard. No more scheduling meeting after meeting for work that could happen from anywhere. Whether it's getting design feedback here. Mapping timelines here or brainstorming next steps here. It all just happens on the Miro board. Exactly. And it's nice not having to wait an entire day to get sign-off from this guy. Hey! Well, it is true. See how Miro users save up to 80 hours every year by meeting less and doing more. Get on board at Miro.com. The first three boards are free forever. That's M-I-R-O.com. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Welcome everybody to another review episode on the, the Geek, Geek Buddies. Buddies! Hey! You know, some of you've been following us and uh, watching these reviews on Star Trek: Picard on CBS All Access. We've been enjoying watching the show, and uh, we've been taking them two episodes at a time. So this is the review. Uh, this is the review for episodes five and six. And down the road, we'll do seven and eight, and then nine and ten, and then maybe nine. Maybe that nine and ten one will be a overall review of the series as well but this one we're reviewing episodes five and six which are named the stardust city rag and the impossible box i am one of your hosts uh writer producer and host john roca i'm ensign vogel <laughs> oh nice and i'm engineer mcclung oh that's good i like it i didn't give myself a ranking i don't well, want you're the to. captain uh, hey you're the captain's chair not in picard you're the cat you're the captain now <laughs> who's the captain <laughs> I'm more of a Kirk captain, so even though he blocked me on Twitter. Anyway, all right, so, yeah. What? That's, that's a, you guys know that story? William Shatner blocked you on Twitter? Yeah, Stephen Mance. What'd you, what'd you do? Yeah, I didn't do this. Our social media guy for the cinephiles uh, accidentally, not, he did not intend to do this in a mean way, but uh, Steve uh, Mance and I had a conversation about Shatner's divorce. 
that just happened. And we were thinking, and we just made a comment about how, like, because we're talking about how much we enjoy William Shatner as Captain Kirk and stuff, but we mentioned how, like, what's the point of getting divorced at 88? Might as well just finish out the run here and, and, and be done with it. Uh, and, and our social media guy tagged at William Shatner, and wouldn't you know it, he just happened to look at it. It may just be because Scott Mance is well-known in the Star Trek community as a big Star Trek fan. He looked at it, got mad, and he blocked me and Steve. He did not wow. block Scott. How does it feel? How does it feel to be blocked by your hero? It is. This is I, look at the card. Look at the card you, in a minute, but I really want to yeah, delve into this. You don't even know how upsetting it was. I'm st- and look, I'm not mad at Luke. Luke did his thing. He was trying to do. But I said to him, don't you? No, I said, don't ever do that again. Don't tag anybody without approving it with us because these people are sensitive. And you know, Steve didn't know either. Steve's not that knowledgeable about social media. I am, had I been a bit more on top of it, more paid, so it's my fault too. I should have been a little more vigilant about checking on this. If I had, I would have never let it go out. Cause you don't tag, you, you hashtag him, Ooh. you don't tag him. He, just by chance, he looked at it and it, I was like, I, I lost it. I was so upset, I was so upset. And once again, it's not his fault. He didn't know, but I was super mad about it because that's my hero, that's my guy. Shatner's my guy. All right, I have, I have a scenario I wanna, I wanna throw past Please. you. Please. You, you go, to lunch someplace in Beverly Hills here where you live. Uh huh. You run into William Shatner. Yes. I don't. Please don't. I mean, I'm getting uncomfortable, and you haven't even finished the question. <laughs> I really like. He looks at you and says, "You and I have something to talk about outside." Oh. <laughs> I'll gladly go with it. Okay. If okay. He, if, if, if he if he can if he wants to beat me up for five minutes and unblock me, I'll take it. I literally thought you were gonna say more like, which is this is the more likely scenario that John goes to get lunch somewhere in Beverly Hills, and William Shatner is just sitting there. Minding his own business, having a meal, like you would go up to him, wouldn't you? I would absolutely. Oh God, I'm so Oh God, Mr. Shatner, I don't mean to bother you, but something happened on Twitter a few weeks ago, and I'm completely apologetic about it. I told and, you that uh, you shouldn't have gotten divorced. I and told, you should have just we, rode that we, out. We totally terribly made jokes I'm about the situation. I'm getting, I'm getting and sick. And we shouldn't have done it. And could you please unblock me? I love you so much, please unblock me. Oh, I'm a big fan of Kevin so Kirk. He, he takes a swing at you, you just take it. Absolutely. Okay. If Shatter ta- oh please. Okay. I'll even play the music as he's beating me up. Da, 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 da. <laughs> as he's beating me into the ground. I have no problem with that. I did not I'm gladly. I did not know that story. I will buy t shirts as I got my ass kicked by William Shatter. I would absolutely do it. Captain Kirk took <laughs> Boldly. He put my bully where where no man has gone. John was boldly beat like no man was beat before. <laughs> and gladly so. Just unblock me. It's like Larry, it's like Kirby Enthusiasm. Is what, oh my god, that's a great episode of Kirby Enthusiasm to have him unblock you. You don't understand! Unblock me! I'm a big fan! Scotty beams him up, Kirk beats him down. Unblock me! Uh. Are you watching that series, by the way? I have one more episode left, and I've um, oh, caught God. up. That season is, this season has been the next level. Anyway, really we're not here to talk about Kirk <laughs> We're here to talk about Star Trek Picard, which William Shatner and Kirk has nothing to do with. Uh, and uh, the last two episodes have been... I think the the you know the season turned the corner for five or six, obviously, because there's only ten episodes, but a lot happened in these two episodes, and we're getting closer to these confrontations that have been teased in the first four episodes uh, over these two. Yeah, it's been, it's been great. I mean, I think that some people's complaints or criticisms of the early mm. episodes was that it moved slow. I actually really liked the pacing of it. I thought it was really interesting and I thought it was really nice watching them sort of build these pieces and it was very confusing. Yeah. Who what's going on and you have a lot of you know you've got 
Dodge and Soji being built as Data's daughters. You've got this Borg cube. You've got these Romulans. Yeah. Like there was a lot happening, and I feel like these last two episodes have really started to pick up the pace, drive things forward, a lot more action, like a lot more excitement. Uh, and you know, with uh, with episode five, uh, the big big piece was Jerry Ryan reprising yes. the role as Seven of Nine, which yeah. I think is probably maybe one of my favorite things that's happened thus far mm-hmm. in the series. But again, as I always do, because I think this is the most fun part, Shannon, as someone who is not oh, a yeah. next generation guy or Voyager yes. guy who's coming into this completely yeah. fresh, what were your thoughts? So I tend to watch TV in the morning. I would mm. watch TV with breakfast. I'm learning not to watch Picard with breakfast because the opening of episode five where that uh, de- reclaimed blue oh, guy yeah. is getting his eye ripped out. Echeb. Echeb. They never say his name, but he is actually a character from Star Trek Voyager, uh, which is what made it sort of excruciatingly heartbreaking. I'll get to that in a minute. I'll explain that, but yes, you are right. It was a gruesome scene. Watching that happen, I was like, oh my god, I I, I have to put my breakfast wrap Mm. down right now. Um, Really, really cool episode. I loved Space Vegas. Um, yeah, Space oh Vegas. Oh my god, Space Vegas was great. So much better than Canto Bites. Can we just put that out there? Oh my god. So much. I love the pop-up things that came up. That's just exactly what would happen. Like it does when you go to a website <laughs> on your computer. All of a sudden these pop-ups and you're like, what? Oh yeah. The, the, the robot yeah. <laughs> pummeling Allison Pill. Right, right. <laughs> Allison Pill claiming that she's not a violent person. Yeah, well that was how that was interesting, how that was uh, paid off a little bit so, later. So, yeah. so much happened. Yeah. I mean, again, I love uh, Santiago Cabrera's oh. character, Rios. I oh love God, him in so a good. giant plume. Yeah. <laughs> it was, they kind of were having, Picard has been very heavy, very serious, and they sort of, in this episode, even though a lot of serious stuff was happening, they sort of let loose. Mm-hmm. Uh and had a lot of more fun, like and like like yeah, the giant outfits that they were wearing to be extravagant, like yeah. Picard's ridiculous French accent, like just all of it was very <laughs> sort of lighthearted and funny. One of the hidden gifts of this season has been Patrick Stewart or Jean-Luc Picard's um, desire or being okay with the butt of the joke, being the butt of the joke. I've never I never saw that in Next Generation. I mean, like if you watch those old episodes of Next Generation, Next Generation, the first few seasons. He's kind of a jerk. He's a little bit of a hard-ass jerk. You know, even if you watch the one with the original Maddox, the, of course, they recast the character, Bruce Maddox, but if you watch the old one, Maddox, he's a jerk to Data. Because Data's like, well, why don't we take eyes out of these people then, uh, human beings? And he's like, eh, you're dismissed. I don't quite, I think he's quite a jerk, but okay. I, w- I was going to ask. Is that, it's a bit brusque. It's that? a different actor playing Maddox. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is Maddox is a different actor. And Hugh, too. Isn't it? No, Hugh's the same it's actor. Same, same actor. Hugh's okay, the same okay. actor. Yeah, Maddox is a different guy. Uh, yeah, so to your point, uh, the the Borg that was being sort of reclaimed at the begin or was being dismantled and kind of very gorily taken apart yeah. uh, is a character from Voyager named Icheb. Because in Voyager, uh, there was an episode where they encountered a Borg ship that was acting erratically, and it's because all the Borg on the ship had died of a disease except for the children. Uh-huh. And there was just a group of children that ended up being taken onto Voyager, and much like Seven of Nine, they wow. were sort of... Uh, Reverse engineered, sort of took the, the taken away from the collective and brought back to their original forms as yeah. much as you could with a board character. Uh, and so he was a character that was on the show. He and Seven of Nine had a very close relationship. He was almost like a son to her in a lot wow. of ways. Okay. And so because I had just, particularly because I had just been rewatching all the episodes, uh, I turned on the episode and just right away recognized him because it's the same actor. And I'm oh, like, wow. holy shit, wow. it's Ichab. And so. Seven of Nine coming in and being as upset as she was, if you are a fan of Voyager, makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I thought Jerry Ryan was great. Like, I, I'm oh not God. overly familiar with her yeah, work because yeah. I didn't watch Voyager. Um, but I, 
I prob I'm guilty of being sort of dismissive, like eh, Star Trek show. I, I, yeah. No, I don't need to know more about you. Um, she did such a great job, such yeah. such a kind of heartbreaking performance. And the thing that I sort of equated with uh, with Free Cloud was, oh, this is like real world Ready Player One. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the way people are like the guy who had the projected wings. Yeah. I was yeah. like, that is so freaking cool. Like right. I loved the the different world aspect and comparing it to Canto Bite. I think is is really smart, John. How yeah. it was just so much more effective. It was, and it was so it was smaller, even though uh, even though the world they've got all these different species. It was smaller in its approach, uh, and then you had all these weird things happening because you have uh, Rios doing this character that essentially looks like the '70s pimp character, <laughs> and then you have Picard, of course, with that. But the the the, the French. Yeah, yeah, when he's going at Jerry Ryan, she's disgusting. She's a piece of this. And and then you have, what's his face, the samurai... Uh, Elnor. Elnor, who's like, uh, what is this all about? Well, you know? the, the, the humor that they've really got out of Elnor, yeah. this very serious character who just is completely out of his element and doesn't know what's going on, has also been really fun. So yes. start, it was really interesting, though, because... So all the stuff that you guys are talking about, it was a really fun episode. It had a lot of silliness. Mm. And ultimately, it's a... It's a heist kind of thing. I yes. Mean, it's, it's them going in and trying to deceive uh, the bad guys to get Maddox back. Mm -hmm. uh, and Seven of Nine seems very willing to be a part of that, which she says is for one reason and turns out to be for a very different reason, yeah. for revenge mm -hmm. for what happened to Icheb. Uh, and while all of this is going on... Uh, um, Alison Pill. Not Alison Pill. Uh, uh, Raffi... Yeah. Yeah. Raffi takes off and in this really sad sort of arc for her. Oh yeah. Goes she the reason she wanted to go to Free Cloud mm. was to see her son right. who she's estranged from because of the beliefs that she had about what happened with uh, the attack on Mars. But also because of her substance abuse. Because she says she leaves, Wait, I'm clean. Yeah, now. the two tied together. The two tied together. Yeah. Uh, that was so that was that was heartbreaking and really yeah. sad. And I just think it's as all the fun of this episode was going on, you have uh, you know, Seven of Nine, who's just led this horrible life, like, mm. not a horrible life, but she's a free ranger out in space trying to yeah. protect people, but, you know, with what has happened to the Borg, uh, with what happened to Ichev and stuff, she felt very betrayed. You've got uh, Raffi dealing with her estranged son, yeah. um, and you've got uh, Allison Pill, Dr. Javardi, uh, dealing with um, what we come to find yeah. out at the end. Yeah. Now, did we know, remind me, did we know that she knew Maddox prior yes. to... Yes, okay. Yeah, when McCart interviewed her in the second episode... We, but we didn't know they were romantic. We did not know. Right? So we did, well, you knew that... It kind of was hinted at, but it wasn't Well, you didn't, you didn't really know. You knew that they worked together. Yes. And you knew that she worked with him on all the synth stuff before synth stuff was shut down. Yes. Uh, and then in this episode, you saw footage of them baking together right. where you finally understood that they were romantic and yeah. she was really upset, which you were led to believe was, oh, I've just really sad that he's gone. Right. But what we come to find out at the end of the episode is it was because she, for whatever Commodore, we don't know o, whatever Commodore o, o told her, yeah. whatever she believes about, I believe she says, if, you know, I wish they hadn't shown me, I wish right. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. Um, but that was so big that she felt that she had to kill him. Yeah. Or um, was she maybe tasked to do that? I don't think... One or the other. I, I, no, I think because she kept saying, if they, I wish they hadn't shown me what they had, I wish they hadn't shown me, as he's dying, I think she felt that she's doing the right thing no matter how much it's killing her inside to do it. Because, I mean, remember the Romulans have been hinting, remember the Romulans that attacked Picard, they said, you don't understand this, she's the ender of all things, the yeah. ender of worlds. So... There is a there is a possible future here where the one where that other twin that's on the Borg, Soji, uh, she, Sobe, Soji, Soji, Soji could actually be like the ender of all things. And or so, you know, 
Or not. Or, what know, they, or with the way that they, or they what their belief, yeah. or what their belief is is incorrect. But and then I think the other thing about this episode that I thought was really interesting mm. was the conversation that Seven of Nine and Picard have yeah. at the end, where they reveal, which is important for the next episode, which we'll talk about in two seconds. They reveal that he really is still dealing with yeah. his time as a Borg. Because, you know, for, for I think a lot of the way, I think First Contact, the movie, was sort of built to be like, this is Picard dealing with the Borg, with the, the line must be drawn here, and yeah. him overcoming that stuff. But what I think is really interesting is that what they say that, what Seven of Nine says to him is like, you know, do you feel like you're fully human? And he's like, no. Like, you know, that, that, that both of them are dealing with this, like, once you've been part of the collective, yeah. once you've been part of the board, that never really leaves you. But, and that, yeah. that bond that the two of them had, even though they've never actually met each other. Right. But I would counter, and that does get referenced in the show, in that episode. Yeah. Because they say, it seems like they knew each other. Then he's like, no, I don't think there's no records of them ever. They know of each other. They know of each other. Right. So I would say this too, though. I think the other, uh, it is a good conversation, but I like the other conversation where they're talking about mercy. I am more in the Seven of Nine camp. I'm always in more in the Seven of Nine camp. I think you can be satisfied by revenge. Other people don't feel that way because other people are constructed differently. But I I like the idea that there is someone who countered Picard and went down and handled her business. Uh, I guess the girl's name is Bejazi, the actress. Bejazel? Bejazel, that's it. Sorry. Nakar Zadegan, by the way, gorgeous. <laughs> what a beautiful woman. By the way. And brutal. And looks exactly like Marina Sirtis did yes! back in the Next Generation I in, days. I initially to the point her. to the point where I got momentarily confused. <laughs> yeah. That's Troy. That's Troy. 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 Yeah, I Troy. was like, that's not Troy because that's what Troy looked like yeah. back in the. But she's. I, it was shocking to me that they cast her in this role because she looks so much like Deanna. Yeah. Troy. Like yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. much it was, and it, it kind of threw me. Yeah, but um, what she does too, you find out the reason why Seven of Nine does what she does is because she was behind that whole thing of going after. Uh, the guy was yeah. the character Ichin or whatever you say. Ichin. Ichin. Uh, that, she was behind that and so and tricked Seven of Nine by getting the information. But I do like what you said. I do think it's interesting. Um, you know, Picard in the original series and in this series mm-hmm. has a very strong sense of his own moral code. Yes, he right? does. And he's very happy to let everybody know what his opinions are about that. Right. And I do think it was interesting to have a character like Seven of Nine uh, who... I, I liked, to your point, the way that they didn't cast her in a light of she was wrong and Picard was right. Right. It was clearly two different sides yep. of a coin. Two different philosophies. Um, but you said, I'm glad he's doing what he's doing so that people have mercy and hope in the world. But I'm the other side of it, and I've got a job to do myself. And I love that. Um, it was very satisfying to watch her go down that free cloud and just take those guys yep. out. And, uh, and yeah, and I don't believe we're done with Seven of Nine, and I'm excited for her to come back because she was great. Uh, and usually all the other episodes up to this point were structured with we spent time with Picard and the crew, and then we spent time on the board cube. Yeah. And this episode was completely the crew. There was a lot of stuff yes. that happened. It never went back to Soji or the board cube or the Romulans. Yeah. Uh, and then episode six yeah, jump into that. jumps right back in because by the end of episode five, they find out that Soji, who Picard is searching for, is on the board cube. Right. And they know they have to go there. And so the whole next episode was them getting to the board cube. And boy, if you are a fan of Picard and Locutus of Borg and Star Trek First Contact yeah, and all yeah. that, this was probably the episode that you've been waiting to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real quick, before we jump into six, are you okay with them killing off Maddox so quickly when like the first five episodes of them trying to find it? I love it because I love being surprised. Okay. I, I, I love a... I love... First of all, it seems... They've got a lot going on in the show. Yeah. So it seems like Maddox needed to get there. You needed to get to Maddox to know that Soji was on the right, board queue. Right, right. And he got that information out. And then they were like, we don't really need him anymore. Let's kill this guy. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I, I think there's so many characters. Um, 
going on. There's so many things happening that I didn't necessarily need uh, Bruce Maddox okay. on, on, along for the ride as okay. well. So it didn't bug me at all. All right, so we jump into this next episode, and you're right. This was everything you were waiting to have happen. If you had seen the episodes, if you knew about everything that went on with Borg. I mean, Picard and Hugh seeing each other was like awesome and Picard's he just way he said Hugh was so sweet and and you find out all this other stuff yeah go ahead man I uh, know I was gonna say like I you know I think I'd said in one of the previous reviews that uh he was only in one episode of Star Trek yes. The Next Generation and one of our fans right, pointed yes. out that I was wrong so I went back and looked and I don't think I ever saw these other episodes so oh. I went back and watched them it's The Descent Part 1 and Part 2 it's like the season mm. 5 finale and season 6 premiere right around those parts uh, where Data's evil brother Lore is actually taking a bunch of the Borg that got infected once Hugh went back to the Collective and uh, making them do... It's, Star Trek was crazy, y'all. There was some crazy shit. I love but evil. 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 Yeah, Lore was... Did he have a good He did team. not have a good <laughs> evil, evil But yeah, but that's where you sort of caught up with Hugh and saw what was going on with him, and that sort of left... Um, that the end of that episode sort of leaves you with Hugh kind of separated from the collective with these other Borg that yeah, are separated yeah. and what's going to happen, which really is an extension of where they pick up in Picard with Hugh leading this Borg reclamation project. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so 100% right, like Picard seeing Hugh. Yeah. Picard, you know, being very anti-Borg. Uh, basically, I think he says in this episode that they are not, uh, that they are, they, that they meta- they don't get better, they metastasize yes. or whatever he says. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then seeing the Borg kind of through Hugh's eyes, through realizing that they aren't just this big scary monster and he's the he, and Picard himself is good. Like yeah. all of them were victims just like he was, which was amazing and super cool to see. Well, and uh, I thought a really cool moment was when Raffi reached out to the one Starfleet officer trying to get them in oh, to yeah. the cube. Right. And you see, and, and I imagine she will come back to her son. That's my right. guess. Yeah. But you see her her sphere is shrinking. She's having to rely more on Picard more and more well, because she can't reach out to people. And, and this is also why she told Picard that she didn't want to do this. But Picard insisted. And then Picard brought the wine. When you think about the substance abuse, Picard brought the wine. So listen, he's a bit of a dick. He's a little bit of a dick. Well, and he also, wants a, what he wants a really at weird all costs. There was a really weird moment that kind of rubbed me slightly wrong. Be a good person. Make that so. There we go. Yeah. There's a, really, there a really weird moment that rubbed me wrong. Just, and then I was reading online that other people sort of had a similar reaction. And I'm interested to see if this is just a tone-deaf moment that will never get resolved or right. this is building to something, which is Raffi comes out to talk to the Starfleet officer. She's literally got a bottle in one hand yeah. and her vape in the other. Yep. <laughs> She's clearly wasted. Uh, she is not... An, and she doesn't give a fuck. Who right, knows? Right. And she does this thing. She has this conversation where this person says, as one of your oldest friends, don't ever call me again. But she gets what she needs to get. For and Picard. Then, and then Picard sort of like slow claps. Like he claps for her like, good job, well done. And I'm like, dude... You could see she's drunk. This yeah. is not a good yeah. moment. It was, and it really struck me as an odd. To your point, Picard was being kind of a dick, Just, self-absorbed way. The only way he isn't is if he doesn't know about her substance abuse. But 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 I she's literally holding it in her hand. Yeah, I mean, like, seriously. And when and uh, Rios walks her back, and she's like taking a big swig as she's walking out. But at least Picard got what he wanted. Yeah. So that happens. This whole series has been about uh, Picard getting what he wanted and not getting what he wanted and him pouting about it. So this is this fascinating how they're deconstructing Picard throughout the series I, to a certain prison. Boy, for someone who loves Kirk so much, who has made some questionable moral decisions, you really like to beat up on Jean-Luc Picard. I'm just yeah, has Patrick Stewart ever blocked you? No. <laughs> Uh, you know, social media. Then we have the whole uh, Allison Pill. We have the Javardi yes, Rios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rios like hookup moment. What, this pissed me off on I was, so many levels. I was curious about this. Like, yeah. do you feel like she 
is was she just looking for comfort or is she is there an angle there to this well, you look at the humanity of it right women do talk about at times using sex to kind of negotiate stuff or fill a hole i've certainly spoken with many women who say they've had random sexual encounters because they feel lonely or they feel empty and they have the sex to kind of connect to something to they're working something out i mean so to be fair guys do that too yeah sure but we're talking about a woman who did it here, i'm just right? saying else I, wasn't I, doing it. I think it's a people I don't, do it. I, yeah i don't think this is a time to make a stand here i'm just saying it because this is the character is doing it she happens to be female, so I'm saying yes, this is possible because it's a human moment. Now, if Rios had been doing it, I'd say men do this all the time too. So, but it wasn't Rios. Rios was just him playing soccer because apparently that hasn't died in whatever <laughs> century it is, you know. And the ball is still the same apparently. So whatever. But like, uh, but because that's all Latinos do, play soccer. But uh, anyway, I, I I thought this was a weird decision and a weird choice because we did get a hint of their flirting at the in season in episode five rather. But to have it go down like this, I. It's dangerous because, I mean, her record of killing the men she has sex with is not strong so, here. I'm wondering, and I do, to your point, I am wondering if there's sort of an ulterior motive here. One of the reasons is because something that wasn't picked up on, yeah. and it's such a big moment that I can't imagine it's not going to be, but the uh, the EMH, the Emergency Medical Hologram, yeah. kind of saw what she was doing to Maddox, right, right. and she shut him off, and he didn't show up in this episode. Right. Like, we haven't gotten the Emergency Medical Hologram going, hey, what were you doing? What are the limits for that? With Picardo, was he able to come up whenever he wanted, or was well, he only called upon? It, Robert Picardo, they gave him the ability to call himself up. Okay. Like, like as he progressed, and then he eventually got other uh, abilities that right. most holograms didn't have because he was because he was literally their medical officer. Uh, did he randomly have sex with people to fill a hole in his blood? No, but he did have a crush on Seven of Nine that was really cute. In the oh. Um, but uh, <laughs> I can see it. But I, so I'm curious to see that piece come in, and so the her hitting on him did seem slightly out of character and kind of right, came out right, of nowhere. Right. So I am wondering if she is sort of planning for how she's going to play all this, or if she really was just super lonely and fucked up. I think both are probably true. Yeah, I think she is pretty fucked up about what she had to do. Um, the other aspect of this we should talk about is this uh, uh, Soji being led by Narek into her dreams. And then pushed past the line, and we see a fuzzy father figure, and then so cool. and then everything that happens there, and her getting essentially turned or, Act or, activated. or activated. Yeah, I do think I thought that the whole idea of him kind of of Narek sort of focusing in on why would a synth have dreams? Yeah, yeah. That everything has a reason, and realizing that that was sort of the buffer that anytime Soji got close to realizing something was weird, the dream sort of helped curb her from making yeah. I thought that was a really interesting idea and then him sort of just poking on that to the point where she made that realization that whole scene where she's carbon dating every photo in her journal and realizing that everything is 37 months old yeah that she that none of it is real and then well she carbon dates herself yes. yeah and then you see um as we talked about that the her mom is clearly like a program which yeah. we had kind of talked about on the previous episode but then you really see like that moment where the mom sort of glitches yeah which was super creepy to me for whatever reason. So yeah, so she's sort of been activated, doesn't know what's going on, totally freaking out, very much just like her sister was in episode one, uh, and fortunately freaks out and runs right into Picard and Hugh. Right, and who, who rescue her. And here's the deal with this situation. The thumbnail for the for episode seven, as recording this, it's out now, uh, has Deanna Troy. I think Deanna Troy is essential at this point to navigate Soji's journey in her mind, her emotional journey, 
Troy was always good at that, so it makes yeah. sense that they show up. She's the beta's at man. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And she's very damn beautiful. Um, uh, so what else did you take out of this episode? I I really loved uh props to like one of I think the coolest shots I've seen in an epi- in a series that has a lot of cool shots was when Picard was sort of realizing that he was going to encounter the Borg cube yep. and have to do this. Oh, oh yeah. Was when he was looking through all the footage of like the the Romulan Borg sort of the treaty that allowed the Romulans to keep this yeah. uh Borg ship and everything. Thing. And then the image of him as Locutus aboard came up sort of in the hologram, and then you, yeah. he sat down behind it and sort of superimposed. Which that image all by itself sort of told you everything yeah. you needed to know about where he was at emotionally with all of this. Mm-hmm. That this is something he really has not let go. And I think part of this is I think really cool storytelling on the on the shot on the part of the showrunners. Part of this is just the age that mm-hmm. Picard is is that when First Contact came out and we were dealing with, let's deal with his deal feelings with the Borg, it was very much like Ahab and his whale, I've got to deal with this, I've got to wipe them out, like, this is a thing. And when he got on that Borg ship, he was just a scared old man. Yeah. Which I think is a kind of much more affecting. Like, he, that, that, that you just got that this is a thing that happened that you don't come back from. And I think that's what the scary part of this whole season is, is Picard could be completely fucking wrong about this. I don't think and, that's the case. But no, but, I'm not saying this, but it's possible. And but, I like that. But wrong in what sense? Well, because he could come to the end of this thing and Soji wasn't any of this. Well, and Soji isn't any of this. Well, she clearly is. Well, she's, yes, she's half in this and she's a a, 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 a droid or a synth or whatever you, yeah. whatever you call it. But she may not be the ender of all things. This could be a whole well, mission Picard for doesn't think, to Picard doesn't think that she's the ender of all things. Well, then that's what I'm saying. He could be wrong about that. She could be the ender of all things. Nah. I'm just saying, he he's they've shown enough holes in Picard's logic and certainly the flaws in his approach to the things, like what happened with the Romulans and leaving those Romulans on the planet and his own impertinence and his own stubbornness, that I like that they're doing it because it deconstructs the character. Some, it, demythologizes the character and I like that. I actually I, I, I like that too and I do yeah. agree with you. Uh I, I agree with you insofar as they clearly are making Picard not infallible. Yes. Like he's definitely made mistakes in his life. Uh they would kind never of, do this with Kirk. He kind of turned his back on the Romulans. Right. Uh he it, once once fed the Federation pulled out in a way that he didn't necessarily need to. Right. Uh he kind of turned his back on Raffi. So they've definitely made him fallible in the way that he has sort of shut down and went back to his uh, his winery. Yeah. Or his, um, what do you call it? it Chateau. Was Chateau. Chateau, thank you. Uh, um, but <laughs> where I don't agree is I don't think that they're going down a road of making him as wrong as you are, uh, as you're suggesting. Wait, but I'm not trying to say that that's a that's Only, only not, not because, not because, it's not yeah. about, it's not about Picard at all, but okay. it's just like, in the bigger picture of what we're dealing yeah, with, yeah, yeah. with um, synths being outlawed and Soji being basically uh, the most advanced synth that there is, right? And the Borg uh, and what Hugh is doing with the Borg reclamation project to bring Borg back, like Picard's bigger sort of moral stance in the face of the Federation mm. that they did pull away from helping the Romulans, that they did that this outlawing of synths is synths are life forms, like yeah. synths are, should have their own level of rights. I don't think they're going down a road that all that is going to be wrong because right. that is not that is kind of the antithesis of what Star Trek Agreed. is about. Agreed. But I like that I like that we're seeing some flaws in in Picard because those are the best parts of those are the best episodes of Picard and those are the best parts of all those next generation movies. Hundred percent is when they question Picard, like just with Kirk. Kirk left Khan behind. Kirk never came back to check on them 
And so that's the fault in Star Trek II Wrath of Khan. Kirk also was racist against Klingons. Well, I'm just, I don't think he was racist. He's specious. There's a difference. He specious. was specious he against was specious. Klingons. Well, they killed, you know, they, they blamed him for the death of their son. No, I know. But no, but I mean, I think that Star, Star Trek, Trek clearly. I think Star Trek VI actually deals really well with yes. that, using that, to your point. Right, right, right. It uses the Kirk's feelings about the Klingons, yeah. which are very tied to, the, to his emotions about everything, yeah. and shows how he maybe is like, not seeing the potential of where they can go. I think as... those are the best Star Trek episodes when they they when the captain is questioned, when yeah. the captain kind of falters or shows flaws, because demythologizing them makes you connect to them as human beings and makes them even more interesting. And this is a really interesting point because there's been a lot of articles about this, and I, based on what you're saying, I think I know what your answer is going to be. There's a lot of people, uh, not a lot. There there is a faction of people that feel like. Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek Picard, yeah, yeah. Uh, all of them are kind of um, going against the wishes of what Gene Roddenberry wanted. Yes, I've seen that too. Um, because Gene Roddenberry was very, very specific uh, in that the, in the 24th century, humanity has evolved beyond uh, our pettiness and that, right. we are, that our, we have our noble ideals, we put aside our issues with each other and whatever, to the point that, uh, and this is well uh, documented in the Star Trek books that are written about the making of the series, that... Mm through Next Generation and everything, I think Deep Space, leading up to Gene Roddenberry's death, writing episodes of Star Trek was very, very challenging because you were not able to have human conflict. Right. You were not allowed to say, you and I just don't agree, and I did something shitty. You could say that a alien cloud overtook my body and <laughs> made me do things, but we couldn't have conflict. And as anybody who writes for a living knows, like conflict is the thing that you need yeah. to tell a good story. Uh, and so Star Trek still managed to tell some amazing stories into uh, some of the coolest sci-fi, but it wasn't until after Gene Roddenberry's death, during, I think, the production of Deep Space Nine, that they started to be able to get more um, human conflict. And with Picard particularly painting the Federation as not ideal mm -hmm. in the way that they've handled situations, in showing a lot of the fallibility, fallibility of Picard, uh, I think Jonathan Frakes, who directed episode uh, five, yeah. even said that you would never have been able to have a scene, like the scene between Seven of Nine and Picard, where they, the scene that you like yeah, so yeah, much where they're yeah. arguing about mercy or not mercy, yeah. because Gene Roddenberry would say that's not, we, we humans are past that. It's and weird. I think it's kind of nice to see that humans are not past that and we're still dealing with that shit, because I yeah. do think, to your point, demythologizing, I can't say it. Demythologizing. Demythologizing. Yeah. I've been putting uh, that word together for 90 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Say it again? Demythologize. There, that. Doing yeah. that with these characters, I think, does make them infinitely more interesting. Yeah, agreed. And, and you know, it's funny you say that conflict. I wonder how they got away with Star Trek VI, because you had humans turning on each other, and Vulcans turning on each other, and Romulans... I heard, good. and so, I, was, yeah. I was just reading this, that yeah. Gene Roddenberry, up until the end, tried to get the movie recut. <laughs> what? Yeah, like, he did not like it. Oh, my God. He did not like it. Like, the, like that they... That he he adamantly wanted them to cut certain scenes and kind of re-edit wow. some stuff because of that. But I think, to your point, yeah. that's what I love about Star Trek. Yes. So because it's real. And that's Christopher that's Plummer is a Klingon. Hey, cry havoc! <laughs> and then who's the dogs on the floor? What is this? Fox says that I give a wooden nickel for him to shut the hell up. Uh, so I, I, yeah, I agree. So anything else we need to touch on? I'm really hoping that episode seven starts with Eleanor taking the with Talishiar. Oh yeah, Talishiar. Uh, he's, he's been left behind, right? No, no, he showed up on the cube. Oh he, yeah, right. I, well, yeah. When, Eleanor, when yeah. Eleanor showed up on the cube to help Picard, and then Picard and Soji left, and Hugh and Eleanor go out. And all the tall Shiar, all the Romulan security comes running around the corner, and it just goes to black. And you hear him say, 
please, please choose to live. Yes. <laughs> I hope we get to see that. I'm yeah. guessing we won't. But I really hope we get to see that. Yeah. Guys, I like Elnor so much. Yeah. Well, you would. He's basically Legolas with black hair. Yeah. And you've always had a thing for Legolas. He's like hotter than Legolas, though. <laughs> now, I, don't, I don't only like him because he's hot. Well, tell Katy Perry that. And I don't only like him because it's really cool to see basically an elf from Lord of the Rings in Star Trek. Yeah. Which is what he is. Which really? is I mean, amazing. But uh, as I was saying, I think he's such a nice counterbalance to everyone else. Mm-hmm. You have this world where... Rios and Rafi are super lived in, have been through the shit. Picard is dealing with his inner demons and the Borg and everything else and the mistakes that he's made. Yeah, right. uh, Dr. Javardi is dealing with some heavy shit that we're going to really delve into. Yeah. Soji's over here being activated. And then you have just like poor sweet little Elnor who just wants to like do the right thing and, and has is completely out of his element. And I think that that's he's just a great character in that respect. He's a Romulan, right? He's a Romulan. So this is going to be interesting on that ship if he does get captured by those Romulans on that ship. What will be that experience for him? Yeah, it'd be interesting if we get to explore that in episode seven. So yeah, there's a lot here to go to go, to go through in the next couple, the next what three, four, four episodes, seven, eight, nine, and ten. So I'm looking forward to it. Same. And, uh, I've been been enjoying Star Trek. I've seen the complaints, but I don't register those complaints I, in my head because I've been enjoying. Not them. only am I having a blast watching Picard, mm. but as I said, like it inspired me to go back and rewatch a ton of Voyager. And then mm. watching these episodes, The Descent, Part 1 and 2, that Hugh was in. Right, right. And it's just like, because it's all on CBS All Access and it's on Netflix, I kind of like watch Picard and it kind of gets me jazzed. And there'll always be some Easter egg or some character mm. or some moment. Uh, and I know that, you know, uh, Riker and Troy are in this next yes. episode. Yeah. I am sure that I'm going to spend this week popping back in and watching some classic Riker and Troy episodes. There you go. And watch Riker hop over that chair the way that he did in all yeah. those scenes. Watch the one where Worf takes uh, Deanna from him. Anyway, all right, well, there we go. That's this episode of uh, Picard Review, Star Trek Picard Review on the Geek Buddies, episodes five and six. Uh, what can we tell them, Chad? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you'd like to follow Mr. Vogel, it's at MKToon. If you'd like to follow Mr. Roca, it's at the Roca Says. There you go, Mikey. Uh, God, I got nothing good. I've used all my engage, my assimilation. Listen, guys, don't be a dick like the Romulans. <laughs> oh my God, don't don't be like them. They got no heart. They got no soul. Follow us. Give us comments. Yes. If you're watching, do it here. If you're listening, do it there. We just want to get you involved. We want to get more people involved. We want to get more people listening. We to want our... to get you activated. Oh, nice. Or engaged. Okay. Oh, right. Use that one. Either one. Eh. Either we, want, we want to make you part of our collective. <laughs> how, about you, how about you just share the episode? That would be great if we just did that. That'd be a lot of fun. You follow all of us and let us know how much you enjoy the episode. Because when you share the episode, you're telling your followers, you're giving a stamp of approval of this episode and of us as the Geek Buddies and our analysis. So we would really appreciate that. All right, that's uh, this episode for, of, oh, sorry. That's this review episode of The Geek Buddies! Hey! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. 
Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.